What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, and I'm joined as usual by my wife, Carla. Hello. And today we have a special guest with us. We have Lee Perkins from JL Perkins Wealth Management. Lee, uh, thanks for being here with us. This should be fun. Thank you for having me. It'll be interesting, and hopefully I can provide some value to the listeners, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. It should be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Hey, Lee is our financial planner, and he has done he's done a lot with us and helping us not stress out so much about our finances and especially retirement and investments there. You want to tell how you want me to tell how I met Lee? Sure. He may not even remember. Um, I took the course, the financial piece, which I dubbed the non-peace course. Because of Dave Ramsey, which probably some of you listening are familiar with, and money has been one of Johnny and I's many areas of conflict, but it rises to the top a lot of times in a lot of the years. And so we struggled in a bunch of different ways. So at the point that I went to take the course, Lee was the instructor facilitating leading it but I had told Johnny I said I would come home and say there is no peace happening here this is non-peace do you hear me I mean every week I learned how bad off we were oh my gosh and so that's how I dubbed the course though Lee. Yep. so I remember you coming to that so the the course is the financial peace university and I taught that at Ingleside Baptist I was I, I worked with I taught with the church for years about trying to to do that course there. And it took a long time for them to finally give me the green light. And I did it maybe three or four times. And we finally passed that off to somebody else. So uh, it's a, it's a great class. The, the feelings that you had as you <laughs> went through it, feelings of maybe I don't have my stuff together. That's completely natural. Um, so and I knew we didn't have our stuff together. So that was what was the challenge. But our agreement was with, with Johnny and I is that if I went to the course I was going to take it because his schedule didn't work out for him to do it, but we right. were going to do whatever it said we had to do. So that was the agreement that he was not going to push back on me with it. So that's how we met Lee. And yeah, so, and Lee's been, been a great help to us through the years. But yes, that's how we started off. All right, Lee, we know that you're a financial planner. Mm-hmm. Is that what you would call yourself? That is. What, what does that mean? All right, so... So I'm a financial planner, which means I, I help people in, with all areas of their finances. I am not a stockbroker. Now, in a previous lifetime, I was a stockbroker because when I got into the business, I went to work for a brokerage firm, and all of the people in my, uh, I guess, in my field, we were called we were called brokers. Um, so now I, I'm not in the brokerage world. I don't. That's not a world I live in. So with my clients, I don't. Uh, I'm not recommending stocks and and giving hot stock tips and and those kind of things. So when I worked at the other firm, 90% of what I did was all about the actual investment. Now at the firm that that I own, I I would say what we do, 15% of the time that I spend with somebody is about the investment. The other 85% is all about planning. I mean, because at the end of the day, investments are investments. There's, everybody has access to the same types of investments. We're all cutting off the same loaf of bread, so to speak. What what differentiates me now than where I was 15, over 15 years ago, um, is basically how I help people. So now it's, 
you know, it, it's income planning, um, tax planning, investment planning, legacy planning, healthcare planning. And, you know, I've met with thousands of people and everybody, everybody's situation is different, but they've all got similar questions that are pertinent to their situation, but all of their questions generally fit into one of those five areas, what I call five areas of retirement. So that's what we help people with. Most of my clients are either retired or almost retired. And so as you age, the, the challenges that you face are just, they become a little bit more complex. Okay, so you say that most of them are at least closer at older age, near retirement, something like that. Do you work with young couples? I mean, do you encourage, I guess the thing is, do you encourage young couples, is it better to start early working I, with a financial planner? It is. And, and I, so I have some young couple clients, some younger clients. We don't, those aren't clients that we sort of target. Uh, most of my young couple clients are children of existing clients. Oh, okay. Um, and, and typically those people, they, they don't have enough, you know, they don't have much to invest at this point. And what they are investing for the most part is generally going to be through their company, their company plan, their 401k or 403b. So there's not a lot of outside assets that, that our firm can manage. But what we're trying to do to them is, is get them started on the right foot. So many times I'll set up a meeting with them. And if they can't really become a client, we'll just walk them through the things that they should be doing. They ask me a lot of questions. We just try to I make bet. sure. Yeah, we're just trying to make sure they're doing the, the things they need to be doing now to be successful in the future. Okay, so let's say you've got a couple that's been married, I don't know, somewhere between five and ten years. What are the things they should be doing? Well, it, it kind of depends, you know, that five, what, what's happened in that five or ten years. Do they have, do they have kids yet? Um, most of the time when somebody's been married five or ten years, they, they do have kids and what I've seen is is their their world at that point really, and, and you guys know that your your world just circles around those kids, and every decision you make seems to have some some relation to the kid. Your social group of people you hang out with is is your kids' friends and all those kind of things. So people start thinking about, all right, what can I do now to give my kid everything they, they what can I do now for my kid to set them up? for success going forward. And then many times in doing that, they will sacrifice themselves. Uh, you know, we, we live in Macon, Georgia, and a lot of people send their kids to private school. And and that, that's not cheap. You know, that, that is not no, cheap. No, it's not. Yeah. And, and sometimes what is sacrificed to send our kids to private school is retirement. And, and not only retirement savings for the future, but also things like emergency funds, Things that should should be a foundational part of somebody's their their household finances. Those things are they take a back seat, and then people wind up getting in credit card debt and, and things like that. So you know, a, a lot of things, a lot of challenges that younger couples face that older couples don't face anymore. You know, it's just a different set of circumstances based on where they are in their stage of life. Yeah, we I totally relate to that. I can remember one time. I don't know, this was in the early years of our marriage. I guess there are, we had all three kids and Carla had gone to somebody and because finances were always an issue with us. And we were always, quote, fighting about we finances. Had conflict over, we were having we had conflict, conflict, but we money. called it fighting back then. We really okay. just didn't really have much. And, but I remember him going over a budget with her and I remember him pointing out saying, 
well, here's your problem. And he said, you know, you go through all the normal things in the budget item. He says, there's really no line here for the, at that time it was a whole lot less, but for us about the same of the, you know, fifteen, $20,000 a year you're paying for your kids in private school. Right. And he, you know, he made the point, which I guess is true of all couples. He said, you've obviously made this a decision as a value that you're saying, this is my investment. And so right now, the reality is your investment is in what you're paying to send your kids to school. So you really don't have it to put right now more into your retirement. And and I guess in a way, I mean, that was frustrating on one level. But on the other hand, what it spoke to me was we make choices. And like you said, I mean, I was probably sacrificing something at the time for something later, but we felt like that was what we needed to do. Right. And I, and I think as parents, that's what we all do. We all make sacrifices in order to put our kids in, in, in the best position educationally going forward, because we know that in the long term, that's going to pay off for them. And, and everybody wants their kids to do better than, than they did. My parents wanted me to do better than they did. And I, and I want my kids to do better than me. And education is, is a big part of that. So, yeah. so we make those sacrifices and just kind of my peer group of friends around the the school that my kids go to, you know, we always talk about, and when we're, when we're at the school, we're like, Hey, th- this is our, this is our beach house. You know, <laughs> yeah. spend, spend that kind of money for private school. And if you didn't have that, yep, you could probably buy a beach house somewhere. So yeah, you might that, do something else with it. Right. Well, or it, or it kind of can be like our, like our country club, you know, we're not the members of, of the elite country club in the area. You could be, if you take the money that you paid for private school, you could join any country club in, in the area that you want Something to. Something else so, you wanted to do. Yeah. We tell our kids that they're our retirement. They are our retirement. We used ourselves <laughs> yes. for them to go you, to school. You there. are our retirement. That's well, it. one of the things that, one of the questions I sort of had was, um, what about... What do you think, and maybe this isn't something that you always hear, but we definitely know, and this seems to be among Christians and even those that would not claim to be believers, the reality is the financial piece comes up really in about the top five issues that couples have conflict around. Would you sort of, in what you've seen, would you concur with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I did see an an article not too long ago that, that said, you know, this is the number one thing that people fight about right now and, it, and it's not money. And, and I, I kind of agree a, a little bit what they were saying, but in my experience in meeting with people of, of all different ages, mostly even people that I meet in their, in their, in their, their late fifties and sixties, there's still conflict about money. So that tells us that it's not something that you can just get on the page on the same page with one time, one time, and th- and that problem be gone forever. It is going to continue to rear its ugly head. What would you say? Um, and we have said this to couples um, that the the reality is you can make have be on the low end, and and you can maybe have careers that are not financially at the higher payout, but it's what God's called you to do. It's what you're gifted to do. You want to do, so you know that. And you can make a boatload of money, but there still seems to be conflict on either end. Absolutely. To me, the amount of money that somebody makes d- does not change the arguments financially. I've, I've met couples that, like you said, may not make a whole lot of money, and they, they have money fights. And then I've met couples that make a lot of money, 
and have a lot of money, meaning money saved and money in retirement, they still argue about the same things. They really do. It's it the 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 dollar amount they're arguing about is just a little bit just a little bit bigger. And I think it, for the most part, it's just simply because they're not on the same page. Somebody might be a spender, somebody might be a saver, and that causes conflict. And and when you're talking about it, they might actually think I mean I had a somebody in my office yesterday and she was telling me that well he's the spender. Well, in his mind, she said no. He said no. She's the spender. Interesting. And these these people have been married for over thirty years. <laughs> they're sixty two years old, and they're still arguing about who spends the money. And you know, now that's an interesting concept because, generally speaking, I would say when we do assessments with couples, usually you can tease out who is one or the other. Now there may be a degree that one. You know, we always sort of laugh and say, if you're both spenders, ooh, you know, it's a little bit of a challenge. But usually they can identify within the context of their relationship which one tends to lean toward one way or the other. So that's kind of interesting if you're still not clear on that right. and when, X years later. That's true. And and when I'm when I have somebody in the office, you know, I always tell people I'm a financial I'm a financial advisor, but I also sometimes feel like I'm a marriage counselor. <laughs> Uh, because you know, I feel like I'm sometimes at their kitchen table and, and in the middle of an argument, and, and there have been times where I think they forget that I'm there, <laughs> and then I have to step back a little bit. So, but but it is interesting because I've been there. Pam, I mean, Pam and I still have. I, I don't say argument. I say we have healthy debates about money. So Pam, good way to phrase Pam it. tells me all the time how lucky I am that she is not uh, that she doesn't have expensive taste. And, and maybe I, I will say I'm very lucky on that, that she doesn't have expensive taste. I would say Pam has often taste. <laughs> and I, don't, I just made that word up. Maybe, maybe you should not she, have her listen to this podcast. But she may not buy expensive stuff, but she buys a lot of less expensive stuff more frequently. And that's okay. just my opinion. Now, that's... she would tell you the exact opposite because I, 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 I spend money too. And she will tell you that when I spend money... I'm buying much larger ticket items and and lots of pickleball paddles. So okay, that, yeah, there you go. That yeah. can get expensive. Well, and we they do can. we do hear that with couples like it's the the variation in the spending habits and like one like you said it may be big ticket items that don't happen that often and the other one may be buying much more frequently but they're much smaller purchases and so getting on the same page I think is. What we found, too, seems to be really key when they continue to have conflict. It, it really is. And I would tell you, the, the the major way, in my opinion, to avoid spending, to, to avoid conflict from a spending standpoint, once you, you're on the same page from a budget standpoint, give each other a certain amount of money, allocate a certain amount of money each month that you're both comfortable with. Give, Johnny, you, you let Carla have... $500 a month to do whatever she wants with, and vice versa. And Lee, then, we're going to need to dirt, drop that, that number uh, okay. down a little bit. $50 a month. $50 a month. Okay, okay there you go. Yeah. Thank you, right, Lee. So that's $50 better. A okay. month. Right, so that'll get you a couple meals at Chick-fil-A with, is, with that's the way about the prices it. are yeah. right now. But whatever it is, whatever that that number is, and again, it's different for, I mean, if it's a lower income person, it, it literally might be $100 a month, or it can be somebody that makes tons of money, and it could be $2,000 a month. Yeah. And in our minds, we're like, how could somebody possibly argue if you had $2,000 $2, a month spend? But it, 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 like I said, it, it, 
money's all relative. I remember being in high school and learning that a friend of mine, his wife made $30,000 a year. And I thought, wow, if, if I could make $30,000 a year, I don't know what I would do with all the money. Uh-huh. But, but it, it, I mean, it changes. You know yeah, I mean? it true. Just, it just changes over time. Wow. You know, you think about some of those things. One of the things that we found, and I think I talked about a little bit about this before, is that oftentimes it's not, it is the spender versus saver. But sometimes it's that money itself means different things to people. To Carla, for her, one of the big things, money was security. Yes. And even though she never grew up impoverished or anything, it was a big thing. And so living with me, who was tended to be somewhat of a free spender. Free. Really, Very free. That, except it wasn't free. No, it wasn't really, free. That struck a nerve in her that I don't think either one of us knew about. And so sometimes, you know, is sort of digging into it. And one of the things we do with couples is we got a couple of different tools and it's like, well, what does money mean to you? And once they see that, there's sort of this, aha, now understand why they do what they do. Yeah, the, the psychology of money. There's a, the, a book written by a guy by the name of Morgan Housel. And I think he wrote the book for really two financial advisors. So I've read it before. To me, it's one of my favorite books on money because it gets into how people think about money and why you might think differently about money than maybe your spouse. And and it really gets down sometimes to past experiences and maybe not your personal past experiences, but maybe you grew up in a house where your family wasn't well off or, or whatever, and they talked about their grand mm. grandmother, grandfather who grew up in the Great Depression. Yeah. So that so their how they think about money has has been mold, in in their mind has just been molded and shaped by the past experiences, maybe that they didn't even have, but somebody in their family had, had. and so they in the back of their mind they think, gosh, that could happen, and so a, a lot of times on a meeting with a couple, money is more of a security blanket for one one spouse than the other. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, most of the time, it is, it is the female who is more of a security driven. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and the male is a little bit a little bit more of a risk taker. But that that's not a hundred percent. I would say that that is probably seventy percent of the time. I've met some couples where the the female is the risk taker and the and the husband is the one that's that's trying to you know pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> but so it's different for every couple. Yeah, one of the things that um, and I don't know how often you see this. One of the things that I think was a huge challenge for us was we were in a position where by just virtue of our professions, I made more than Johnny did. Um, and so in some ways it has this sort of almost flipping things a little bit. And in my mind and heart, which probably wasn't good, I sort of struggled with, I'm bringing more in, therefore I'm going to call more of the shots, which of course set itself up for conflict right there because money should, who brings in what should not be the equation. I wonder how often do you, do you hear couples say that or are they honest about it? Most of the time they are. And and so we have been through that in, in our household. When we got married, Pam made more money than I did. And then that switched and then I made more money than she did and then at some point I made way more money than she did because she quit working 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, right. And so then, you know, so she stayed home, raised the kids. And, I, you know, after our kids were in the eighth grade and there's nothing to do, she, she got the itch to go back to school. So she's, she's now back teaching again. But I still make more money than she does. So I really have to make a conscious decision not to 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 belittle her in any way because she because she knows what where the source of the income is and and so that that's something that you really do have to work at now in y'all's situation like you said um, you know you made a little more money than Johnny and and that a, lot a good more. bit all right a lot, oh, okay good bit more all right so whatever all right let's see yeah. ministry slash teacher correct need I say more exactly yep yep we we've been there so it, and and I think years years ago. Like for, for the male, if they had a spouse that, that made more money, there was a little bit of feeling of insecurity for a lot of people. Yeah. But I would tell you, we've, we've got friends now that, that the wife makes more money than, than the husband. And I'm telling you, these guys, they wear that with Proudly. a badge of honor. They are, they are proud of it. They're like, almost not like they're a, they're a, a house husband <laughs> or they're a kept man or whatever, but they, there doesn't seem to be the stigma attached to it. That, that there was me. really even ten years ago. Isn't that and a lot interesting? Of that made me because you've seen such a switch. You know, you go back to when we grew up, and it was only like about what twenty percent of women even worked outside the, the home. home, and now yeah. that's totally flipped. It's totally flipped. Yeah, that it's eighty percent or more. And, and so, you know, with everything else, I think most husbands are like, "Yes, yeah, I, I think so." The only. I do know a couple of people. Now, one of them I know personally, and one of them I know of. I don't, I'm not, I don't really have a, a relationship with a person. They are truly stay-at-home dads, mm. and that they—not that they don't bring anything to the table—but they are staying home and doing, you know, raising the kids. I guess in my mind, that's still a little bit of a different role. For I got a little—not that I have any problem with it, because. I mean, they've worked it out and, and obviously works in their relationship. But to me right now, that seems a little bit abnormal to me. Ten years from now, that might be more than it's, normal. Yeah, it's different. We actually actually did that for a couple of years. We did, yeah. yeah and that was just because of some unique things with our church. One of our youngest child was born with a heart defect. And so our child care person said, I can't keep him. And so we were sort of stuck in a bind. And, you know, one thing I did start was sort of a home-based business then. But it was, it was, and it was, that was hard for me. Because right. it felt like such a contradiction of the way I was raised growing up. And, right. you know, whether that be a stereotype or whether. Yeah, because as a man, you feel like you need yeah. to be the, the breadwinner, provide for your spouse. And so, yeah, I get it. But that's probably more of a, more of a psychological yeah. thing that, you know, really. Yeah. The, and at the end of the day. It doesn't. It should not matter what other people think of you because we can't change other people's yeah. opinion of 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 us and what they think of us. All you can do is take care of you and and know that you're doing what's right for you and your family. Yeah, yeah. True. That's one of the challenges. One thing we really encourage couples we work with is that hey, every marriage is unique unto itself. It and is. one of the biggest dangers you know when you start looking and comparing yourself to everybody else because there isn't another couple like you. You need to do what works for you. Lee, how do you, okay, you're in the investment business, so to speak, because you're advising people and your goal is for people to do well and invest and all of that kind of stuff. 
okay, all three of us here, we're Christ followers, and we know the Bible says a lot of things about money. How do you balance that where it says, okay, don't store up treasure here on earth, store it up in heaven. Money, the love of money is the source of all kinds of evil. How do you balance and help couples that really want to honor God with everything in their lives, including their finances? Man, how do you encourage them in a way to do that that's really lines up with biblical teaching? Yeah, I, I, I just think there's a, a healthy balance between the two. You, you want to make sure that, that you store up your treasures in heaven and, and, and that kind of thing, but, but you can't. I know there there are verses in the Bible and, and, and parables that talk about giving all your your money away, and, and and there are people in modern day times that do that and it work it, it works out well. But at the end of the day, you are responsible for you, and and you don't want to become a burden on somebody else. And so, if if you've not made the plans or, or made the decision and a and, and a proactive taking the proactive steps to save for the future. It, there's a good chance you're going to wind up maybe live, living with your kids, and, and <laughs> like you said. And My children have just fainted if they're listening it, it, to this Exactly. One. They and, just fainted, really. So, and, and, you know, I, I don't—I would say my kids 110% do not want to be ca- primary caregivers for, for me and Pam when we're not able to take care of ourselves. So— We've got to think about that, and and I'm not. I guess in my mind, I'm thinking about nursing home care, and and I'm old, and I, I can't do the you know I can't do what the things that you need to do to be independent, and and I don't I don't want to be a burden to the kid to my kids, and so in order not to do that, I need to I need to make plans for that, and I need to save, um, and, and really your your ability to retire the way you want to retire, and that that is different for everybody. It really comes down to the choices that you make throughout your working career. Lots of times those early choices in those early years when you've been married five years, ten years, mm-hmm. the choices you make during that period of time will will dictate the the quality of your retirement. And I'm when I say quality of your retirement, that can be debated a little bit because you know that there there are some very, very wealthy people that are miserable in retirement. So it's not all about money. It, it's about just your happy what your happiness in retirement, what you do that fulfills you. So it's it's not always about just the money, how much money you have. Yeah, I, I love what you said that you talked about that idea of balance and you do see that principle in scripture is that concept of balance where you see both where it says, you know, hey, it's better to give and don't hoard up and all of that. But then it uses in the Proverbs multiple times it talks Proverbs about hey, is, planning for the yeah. future. Proverbs is and that only a fool doesn't plan for the future. And, you know, it's, it's so important that you have both balance and wisdom and, and using both of those. And I think that's where, you know, and someone doing what you do can really sort of help people see that. Right. And, you know, really almost even, even though, quote, you're not in ministry, but, man, helping people in this area that can be such a struggle yeah. for so many, is a, it's a blessing in so many ways. All right. One last question. If you were going to give money away, no, oh. <laughs> well, we'll take that. If you are, we, we I'm can fresh out because I, I just no. bought a pickleball paddle. Oh, then, darn. There you go. Okay. Okay. For a couple that's, you know, just starting out in marriage, hey, what's if you could give them a couple of pieces of advice for where they are as they start out? I mean, to them, retirement is. I mean, they like, can't even think about that. Yeah, yeah, that it is may so be, far you know, away. It may as well be a hundred years away to them. 
what advice would you give them? I would say when you're a young couple starting out, know that right now you are making the least amount of money that you're ever going to make in your life in your lifetime. So as your lifestyle and as your as your income increases, don't increase your lifestyle dollar per dollar on how much you make. I, I want you to live a better life, maybe every year than you did the year before, but don't allocate all the extra dollars that you make towards increasing that lifestyle. If you, if you can if you can increase your lifestyle gradually, but continue to save, you know, take. I'm trying to figure out a way to, to illustrate this. Say say you make as a household, you make five thousand dollars a month, and let's say next year you're going to make. Uh, $6,000 a month. Increase your lifestyle $500 a month and take the extra $500 a month and save it. Mm. And, and if you, or, or, or save it all. I mean, the, if you get used to saving money, you're, it's never going to feel like you're sacrificing as you go up. So, you know, the, the, the temptation when people are young is to, we now, couples that are in their, their mid-20s and even on up to the 40s, is so much different than it was 15, 20 years ago. Those those people want to get to a, a lifestyle and a place in life to where where their parents already are. They they live yeah. in houses that their parents could could have never afforded. So they're almost fast forwarding their lifestyle 20 years when the money's not really there to support it. Mm. Or it is, but again they're sacrificing for the long term. But but I also I don't want somebody to hear that you can't live for today and you just got to save your money for 40 years from now because that doesn't resonate. Don't I would say don't pile all of your money away in a retirement account. Start different save have a have a savings account that is for emergencies. You know, not a new couch is not an emergency. A TV <laughs> Or a vacation is that is not an emergency. Johnny might argue on the television, the t- but we'll, we'll, well leave it. Yeah, okay, my we'll TV leave. goes out. Oh my God, you got an emergency! An emergency. If, if my TV goes out Friday night before the first Georgia game, I'm yes. I'm, I'm at Best Buy. Doesn't okay, so, okay. So, so yeah, that, all right. That's the, that's the that. exception. Okay, but, but so have another savings account, or and it can be an investment account, whatever that's separate from your emergency fund, that you put additional money in. In the, I call this the stuff fund. It can be the the trip or the stuff fund okay. so that you're saving money on purpose every month. And this is aside from your retirement account that you can access at any time. So if, if you, you know, if you want to, to take a, a an expensive trip over you overseas and it's going to cost you 10 grand for you to take your family plan for that, pile that away in that trip slash stuff fund. And then that way you don't have to put the trip on a, on a credit card, credit card and it, it yeah. will just help you in the long term. Awesome. I do want to say as we end um, that even though the uh, financial peace course started out as non-peace, I did ultimately get peace. And so it was a little painful for us because we were way behind the eight ball on stuff. And we sold a car because we said... Sold both our cars. We said, we can't have a payment. We got to do this. We got to do that. So we really had to do some hard stuff. But we tell couples all the time, getting out of debt was one of the best things we ever did. So I have to thank you for that because the level of stress that we stayed under because of the debt, you just don't realize until you're out from under it. And that stress is what leads to 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 
financial tension inside of a marriage. It really is. And and I always tell people when they come, these older clients that come into my office, they always want to know, how do I, do I have enough money? How do I compare to the rest of your clients? <laughs> and I tell people, I've had clients who come in and just say they, they've, they've got $300,000 saved for retirement. Uh, and that's all they have in the world. I've seen clients like that. They, they live like kings and queens in retirement because they don't have any debt. On the flip side, I've seen people that have two or three million dollars that are gonna they're going to struggle in retirement because they have tons and tons of debt. Wow. It, and it's all about the expenses. Mm. It's all it's income, it's cash flow, income versus expenses. And if you've got more coming in than you got going out, you're not going to have the stress that you just talked about. Yeah. So I do thank you for that. Yeah, you're very, very <laughs> yeah, Thank you much, Lee. Thank you for coming on coming on with us today on yeah. our podcast. We just Absolutely. appreciate it so much. All right. How can somebody get Reach in touch to you. with you if they've got questions? Sure. Yes. So um, you can visit our website, uh, jlperkinswealth.com. Or if somebody wants to schedule just a 15-minute phone call with me, they can go to www.talkwithlee.com. And that will take you directly to a, a, a link to my calendar, and they can schedule a 15-minute phone call. That's generally how we start everybody off, even if somebody calls into the office and wants to set an appointment. We always start off with just a phone call. It's a very non-threatening kind of thing. And it's just cool. a time for me to just to learn a little bit about somebody's situation and see if I can actually add value. Awesome. Cool. Well, we hope y'all will do that if you're listening. We will. And we'll go ahead. And if you didn't get that, we're going to put that in our show notes on how you can contact Lee. And again, Lee, thank you for being with us. And folks, we appreciate you being with us in this journey of marriage. And we just want to challenge you to keep on forging. <laughs>